Alright folks, coming to you live Tuesday after Tuesday after Tuesday. You're listening to the Brilliantly Dumb Show. I'm Big Game Bob, coming to you live on the local airwaves here. Behind the glass, you know the drill. You're looking at Grace Ibrahim conducting this train. Here we are, folks. I'm rejuvenated. The sinuses has, has cleared the system. Not very congested anymore. I'm amped up. No podcast last week, Labor Day weekend, so it's Tuesday after Tuesday after Tuesday, unless it's Labor Day weekend, then after Tuesday after Tuesday after Tuesday. Got absolutely torched in the DMs for not putting out an episode last week. I get it. I get it. Bottom line is, you guys don't take a week off listening. Why should I take a week off, you know, pumping out the podcast? It can't happen. It's inexcusable. I got absolutely put on a skillet about it. Bobby, where's the pod? Where's the pod? Where's the pod? But what I did do is I promised you that this week you'll get yourself an action-packed episode to make up for it. Before I go ahead and deliver that action-packed episode for you, I'd like to go ahead and let you know that the Brilliantly Dumb Show is brought to you by none other than Windex. Whip it, wipe it, clean it, spray it. I put that shit on just about everything. Crystal clear floors here of Big Game Bob's apartment. Gotta love Windex. I still get the people DMing me of them just spraying Windex. It's awesome. One guy, his wife was on the couch. He just sprayed it on her legs. And as he's spraying it, he's going, whip it, wipe it, clean it. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? This show is brought to you by Windex. And he's just just spraying it around the apartment. It was hilarious. I, I don't know. I enjoy it. But anywho, we got a lot to discuss this week. Grace, shall we? Let's get right into it here. Sports segment. Wow. lot to discuss here. I'd like to kick it off. We all are watching the Antonio Brown saga. It, it, it is. I, I've never seen anything like this. He is acting like an absolute child. I mean, and, you know, quite frankly, in all honesty, he's got to have some sort of mental issues. There's something just not all there. Not exactly what you want to hear about a father of, I think he's like a father of seven. He just lost himself, however, $10 million, $15 million. But he's been released, picked up by the Patriots. Now, people are just up in arms about the Patriots signing him. And quite frankly... It sucks. Not even from the sense of the Patriots, but because the way this guy has acted over the last month or so, or even when it started in Pittsburgh, he he shouldn't be in the NFL. That's how childish he's been. It's ridiculous. And he's getting chance after chance after chance. And now he most likely is going to go win a Super Bowl. But the bottom line is, folks, that's life. That's America. That's just about anywhere you go. If you are good and you have talent, it don't matter. You're going to get chance after chance after chance. And that's what Antonio Brown's getting here. And if there's one organization that's going to be able to totally bring this guy in and have him calm down and totally cut the shit, it's the New England Patriots. I hate to say it, I'm a Jets fan, but it's true. He starts for the Patriots next week. I think he starts week two. Best part about it is they they reported 
Patriots just kicked the shit out of the Steelers. They reported during the game that Tom Brady offered Antonio Brown to live with him. To bunker up with Tom Brady and, and Giselle. And I, I, I honestly, I bet you Tom Brady just brainwashes this guy. He turns into just a model citizen. I could see Tom Brady coming home. Antonio's just setting the table for the family. The dog's been walked. The trash is out. The kids are getting ready for bed. Homework's all done. Like Antonio just kind of turns into like the housekeeper. And then they just spend six hours in their 50-acre backyard just running routes. It's all going to work out. How is it not going to work out? You imagine that dynamic? You're Tom Brady. You wake up and Antonio Brown's just sharing a bowl of Cheerios with your wife to start the morning. Morning, Antonio. Good morning, Giselle. Let's all have a good day today, okay? Antonio's got his, like, lunchbox. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, the Patriots are going to totally just transform this guy and go win a Super Bowl while they're at it. They are playing chess, and everybody else is playing checkers. Shit, if it were me, I would have my entire— You imagine the Oakland Raiders? you know how bad they wish they could go bunker up with Tom Brady to do a little character searching? You know, they'll come out as just model citizens and damn good football players. That should be their training camp. Just go spend it with Giselle and Tom. Watch what they do to Antonio Brown. But if you're talented, this is what you get. As many chances as you want. Drop $15 million. That's fine. Get fined for this. Don't want to wear the helmet that they're providing. That's fine. We'll find you a new team. Come on over to New England. You know, when you're that good, this is what you get. Ezekiel Elliott. This guy's in the news for everything every other week. He's partying, getting into it with cops. He's all over the place. Okay? He spent two weeks in Cabo while he was signing his, doing his contract negotiations with the Cowboys. Two weeks in Cabo, he's in his contract holdout, just didn't even show to practice. He ends up returning from that Cabo vacation with a $90 million contract and ready to suit up for week one against the Giants. It's unbelievable. And you would think while these contract negotiations are going on, he's working out and all that. Fuck that. This guy's sipping on Mai Tais in Cabo. Crushing enchiladas like it ain't no big deal. Then it starts week one, rushes for 120 yards. I tell you, if I go on vacation in Cabo for two weeks and I'm crushing my ties all week long, wouldn't it be nice to just walk into Cowboy Stadium and rush for a quick 150? He was just pinballing off of guys, lowering the shoulder. He looked great. Me, I get back from a vacation. I can't. I go on the treadmill. I gotta like ease my way back into the treadmill, rather than doing a 20 minute, you know, treadmill run. I'm doing more like 18. I put a 1.5 incline. If I'm coming back from vacation, it's on like a 0.5 incline. That's me weaning my way back into it. Ezekiel Elliott is just bulldozing his way through six foot two, 280-pound linemen like it ain't no big deal. Welcome back from vacay, Ezekiel. Go get your feet wet. Guy's got talent. You'll always find a home for talent. So if I leave you with one thing on this episode today, let it be that you'll always find a home for talent. Yeah, that guy's a whack job, but Big Game Bob says that you'll always find a home for talent. Chance after chance after chance. 
Moving on. We're going to keep it with our sports segment here. Now, Grace, this one's interesting to me. Okay, Chris Paul announced on Instagram that he's going vegan, plant-based diet. So he did an ESPN body cover issue, you know, where you just go full-blown nude. And you just either have like a little baseball protecting your privates or like this time he's got a basketball and his ass is sticking out. And I'm going to read the caption that he put. He's just like kind of looking back into the camera. Basketball in hand. He's got his little butt sticking out. It's not like he's got that big of a butt. It's like a petite vegan butt Chris Paul's got. Here's the caption. Man, listen, it seems counterintuitive to think you would start feeling better in your body as you get older, but that's exactly the path I'm on. 34 recently turned plant-based and feeling pretty damn good. Stay disciplined and take care of yourselves. It all starts here. Hashtag ESPN body. Couple things I want to say about this one, Grace. Okay? I got news for you. If I'm matched up against Chris Paul right now, he used to be like this little intimidating, like a little gnat. He just kind of never went away. Get up in your face, play physical, even though he's like five foot ten. And good, and damn good. Possibly a Hall of Famer. But if I know he's on this vegan diet, I got no issue going body to body with him. Putting an elbow into that quinoa bowl he had last night. I mean, I just, I don't, I wouldn't have announced that. I, I don't, I don't feel him to be as intimidating anymore, you know? I really don't. I mean, the only other person in the NBA I could see being a vegan is Manu Ginobili. He's not even in the NBA anymore. Paul's got to be the sole vegan in the NBA. You imagine team dinners now with Chris Paul in Oklahoma City? Forget the NBA. I, I think Chris Paul's got to be the only, only person in Oklahoma City who's vegan. They don't even know what vegan is. What, what is Oklahoma City's main dish? Are they known for something? You know, it's like, oh, I gotta go to Oklahoma City and get one of those corn dogs. You know, they don't know what vegan is. They don't even have a main dish. Oklahoma City changed you, Chris. If you were going to do vegan, you just spent the last eight years in L.A. That was the time to do it. I mean, how are you going to trust a guy on a pick and roll when he's just been eating plants all week? How is that any intimidating? I just wouldn't have said anything. Shit, Chris. I mean, it's just kind of bizarre. I got to post this on the Instagram for you guys. You know, he's got like a little butt. He's not, not that big of a frame, and he's just trying to do this death stare. I just, I don't know how I feel about this, Grace. Chris Paul going vegan? I think any chance he had at the Hall of Fame now is gone. You know? Try telling Charles Barkley in his heyday that his point guard just went vegan. You think he's going to be setting any picks for him? Charles Barkley would just say, fuck it, I'll take the ball down myself. I'll pick what play we're running. Little ISO for Charles half the game. I mean, shit, Chris. Moving on. Hey, Grace, I had to go to the doctor this week. Just a standard checkup. I went in. There's an old guy sitting there. I sit down. He puts down his magazine and just turns to me and goes, What are you in for? What, what, what am I in for? 
What, what are we in a prison cell together? Are we going to swap stories on how we ended up here? What am I in for? I'm here for a physical. What about you there, Tommy boy? She said, yeah, well, I got this mucus situation where I'm, I'm congested. I feel fine. I got no fever. Everything else is okay. A little weak. But I just can't seem to get this congestion out. And he's talking to me like I'm Dr. Schwartz. Like, what, do you want me to diagnose you here? I haven't even signed in yet. Do you mind if I go check in here? They just slam that sliding glass door open. And every time you, you, you slam it open, everybody in the, in the waiting room just peeks their head up because they think they're getting called. You know, they, they, they just, it's a hard close. As soon as that thing comes flying open, everybody just kind of pops up. And it just seems like no matter what time I go to the doctor, they're always ordering lunch. When I go in, it's like they're figuring out what they want to order. It's like that one girl in Scrubs, she's signing you in, but at the same time, she's collecting everybody's order because they're putting in that group order at the deli down the street. And one person's always assigned it. But then when you actually go in, there's the girl that opens the door. Again, everybody pops up. Robbie, Dr. Schwartz, we'll see you now. Good luck with that uh, mucus thing, Tommy. I wish you could, they could see you sooner, but uh, <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes, okay? So that you kind of go in, and she escorts you into whatever room you're going to be in. But then she just leaves, and then a new nurse comes in before the doctor. I'm like, what, you're just going to, what are you, just assigning rooms? What are you, fucking usher? Hey, you're going to be in room three. I'm going to send Karen, the nurse, in now. This is my time for the day. All right. I'll see you later. Good luck with that Chipotle order. Girl's just ushering everybody in. She's in the scrubs. She looks the part, but that's all she does. But anyway, they, they put me into this room. The guy, the doctor had, and I was hoping that it was just this room that was like this, He's a Dodger fan, so he had a bunch of posters everywhere. He even had like one of those fat heads of Cody Bellinger, you know, where you stick it against the wall. It's like a real life thing. I don't know what happened to them. People don't really use them anymore. But he was like a Dodger fanatic. I feel like I was in like a kid's dentist office where they try and lighten the mood a little bit. You know, it just kind of felt a little weird. I get that he's a Dodger fan. Put put a plaque or, or, or something up, maybe a pennant, you know? But there's just posters everywhere and hats, and I got like a weird vibe from it. But anyway, the doctor comes in. It's about 1 p.m. midday. Dr. Schwartz comes in. He goes, hey, Robbie, do you mind if I uh, turn the radio on? I said, sure, a little music. I, I don't mind. He turns on the fucking Dodger game. We're listening to the Dodgers play-by-play. They're playing the Padres matinee game on a Wednesday while I'm getting my checkup. It was kind of bizarre. So we're going through the physical, and I'm hearing the play-by-play of the Dodger game. But where it gets weird is it's time to do the scrotum check. And like he had the broadcast, it was real low. The volume wasn't loud. But then out of nowhere, he had one of the remotes where you just kind of turn it up. So I'm taking off my pants. Okay, he puts on the gloves, takes the remote with the gloves, and, and just starts bumping up the volume a little bit. So I, I, I shit you not, I, I know it's a vulgar 
thing to picture, but he's got his hand on my nuts. And all of a sudden, you just hear, and here's the 2-2 deal to Bellinger. I'm like, you know, this is kind of strange here, Doc. God, on and missed. And he's still holding on to my nutsack. Like, it was like a bizarre, you know, I had bent over so he could check for scoliosis or whatever you call it. He's feeling his way down my spine. He's like halfway down, and here's the payoff here from Kershaw. Ball up and away, and here's a 3-2 count. Runner takes his lead off of first. I'm like, Dr. Schwartz, um, do, do you mind taking this off? Not, not that I really mind a, a Dodger play-by-play while you're touching my nutsack, but something doesn't feel right about this. Am I wrong? Isn't that a little strange? I'm looking up, there's bobbleheads everywhere. You know, it was a, it was a very strange physical. And I kind of wanted to see the other offices to see if they're decorated like that. I'm all for, you know, a fan of the game, but don't be a fan of the game when you're giving checkups and checking 26-year-old scrotums. Just doesn't add up. Like, I don't think I could ever listen to a Dodgers broadcast anymore. I'm kind of haunted. Every time I turn on the game, I'm just going to touch my balls. Yeah. Fouled away down the first baseline here. Do 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 You know, I felt like I was in Dodger Stadium while getting my physical. Turns out I'm healthy, but God, Dr. Schwartz. Put away the Dodgers pennants from 1972 and the fucking Clayton Kershaw bobbleheads. All right? Save that for, for, for home. Okay, I don't need it in the doctor's office. It was a little strange. Just had to get that off my chest. Moving on. Grace, I had my parents come in for the weekend. For those of you following the Instagram, I kind of like, you know, they were a big part of the weekend. They came in. They flew in. But they went to Las Vegas three days before they came to L.A. So they visited my uncle there. And I realized about Las Vegas, it's like a cruise ship. It's just never ending. No matter what hotel you walk out of, you, you walk right out, it goes right back to the same thing. You know, it's just exhausting. It's a cruise ship. It just it never ends. You know, you want to go from point A to point B, it's going to be the exact same thing you saw at point A at point B. It's just a fucking nonstop carnival. But I realized you, you buy or you do certain things in Vegas that you may not want to do, but because that's like it's the thing to do. So you got to do it, whether it be gambling, you know, go to the strip club, whatever. Maybe you just like got to do it because because you're in Vegas. It's the thing to do. So my dad wanted to see a show, but there was there was no really there wasn't too many shows going on. But he had to see a show. So he justified going to Bruno Mars, a Bruno Mars concert at the MGM. For Forget this. This is no joke. $350 a ticket. Now, Frank Sinatra and the Beatles came back from the dead and did a collab at Madison Square Garden. You would not have to pay $350. You could find that ticket for like $253. I said, Dad, what do you know about Bruno Mars? He goes, I love Bruno Mars, Rob. 
And he goes, let, let me tell you something about Bruno Mars. I said, all right, Dad, tell me something. Bruno Mars is an entertainer. He's a performer. And I appreciate performers. I said, so what, you just spend 350 You don't know the slightest damn thing. I said, Dad, name me a song by Bruno Mars. He goes, well, I couldn't tell you song by song, but uh, I like that song, I Want to Be a Millionaire, you know, so freaking bad. I was like, Dad, you mean uh, I Want to Be a Billionaire? Was the name of the song? Sure, sure. But look, we're going to go, we'll, we'll grab dinner before, we'll go see Bruno Mars. So they went and they saw Bruno Mars. He was so casual about it. You know, it's like, yeah, he had to see a show. Let me tell you, if Bruno Mars was performing in New York, and you offer him a ticket for $50, there is no way my mom and dad are going to see that. There's just no way. But because you're in the Sin City, you have to partake in the in the festivities. Yeah? But then he came to L.A., and we had everything mapped out. I knew exactly what we wanted to do. So we, we when my parents are coming in town... He makes our dinner reservations three months in advance. Three months in advance. I've never seen anything like it. I don't know if it's like a Jewish thing to do. Like it was November. And he's like, hey, Robbie, um, we're going to be coming around about the first week of September. Uh, I was going to go ahead and make a four-person rezo for Dantana's. Did you want to do a corner booth? Should I ask for a corner booth? Or So we're going to do Dantana's on Friday. Figure we do Craig's Saturday. I said, Dad, it's November right now. Let's talk maybe. Let's, let's meet up again in this touch base in, uh, I, I don't know, maybe July to talk about the reservation. Something tells me they're not booked right now for the first week of September. They're worried about their Thanksgiving reservations right now, okay? Maybe when it gets to, I'd say, over 70 degrees, we could have this talk. Summertime. Nobody's booking, you know, the the full room at Dantana's six months. Okay. All right. But you do want to do Dantana's, right? He's like, yeah, we'll do Dantana's. It's like my favorite Italian restaurant. He loves it. He's been out here before we took him there. But I've started to build some really good connections in different restaurants and bars around here. You know, like I'll be the first to tell you my top two, the nice guy. I've talked about it in numerous episodes. I got a great thing going at the nice guy, grill on the alley. You know, big, good L.A. spots. So we were having a blast. Again, we had these reservations booked for Lord knows how long. But I wanted to do it through my guy, my connection there. So we didn't, I, you know, I, all I do is I tell him a couple days before. He was in sheer panic two weeks before we came out here not having a reservation. I said, Dad, let me re- make the reservation, okay? Like he was very bothered and worried that we, that we didn't have, that we weren't on the books two weeks in advance. But anyway, we were going spot to spot. My cousin was there. He was taking them places. And we always knew somebody at the place that, that we were going to. So my dad was really catching his groove and really catching his stride. He was having a blast. We were taking him to the nice guy, to the Roger room, Doheny room, like these top spots. But he started to get so comfortable. So he started acting like he knew the people when he walked in too. So he walked into the Roger room and he sees the bartender. This guy's name was Louis. He's like, Louis, boy, there he is. 
Hey, Louie, how we doing? I'm like, Dad, I, that's, that's not the guy that, that I know. He goes, oh, Lou, you got this Ford Topper here for us? Beautiful, beautiful. He's inviting people over to the next spot. Come on, guys, we're going to the Doheny room. Come on. I'm like, Dad, we, we, I don't know these people. You know, like, he was just having so much fucking fun just bouncing place to place. And every person we saw, he had to tell you about the Bruno Mars concert. Oh, we we just had so much fun. He was at, I mean, he just, he would live in L.A. tomorrow if you asked him. Come on, everybody, we're going to the nice guy. Louie, come on, clock out, we're headed over. I'm like, Dad, you don't, you don't, you don't know him. You don't just invite him over like that. Hey, come on, Louie, come on. You know, just, to see the guy in his element, he just crushed it. The whole scene just had an absolute ball. Anywho, moving on to everybody's favorite segment, Miss Gracie Abraham. If I could just trouble you for a little bit of a drum roll, please. It's the Ass Bob segment. Every week, week after week, Tuesday after Tuesday, besides Labor Day Tuesday, I have you find folks filing the DMs. Plant a couple messages over any questions, comments, concerns, frustrations. Maybe something you just want to get off your chest. Put it in the Ask Bob segment. Get yourself announced on the Ask Bob segment. This question's coming in from Bobby Wiley. Bobby asking the Ask Bob segment a question. Wiley says, this one I picked out. Wiley's from Los Angeles, California. He said, hey, Bob, my girlfriend thought she saw you in a Whole Foods the other day off Fairfax. Is that true or is she losing it? Um, I The reason I picked this out, I think I know the girl he's talking about. She had a UCLA sweatshirt on and she was giving me like a weird look. I do go to Whole Foods for like meat and, and seafood and all that good stuff to go back, grill that sucker up. Everything else, I just go to Ralph's. But I, I, she kept kind of like gazing at me from afar. And I had thought I just did kind of a scummy move and I get paranoid about it. When I eat at the, the, the salad bar in Whole Foods, they got a great hot bar and salad bar. So I go there sometimes for the salad bar. I take the hard-boiled eggs, but I, I take the yolk out of the egg and put it in my salad. And then I put the white, the egg white part of it back in the buffet, and it's such a scumbag move, but I get very paranoid about it, so I know the girl he's talking about. I remembered it, and then this DM comes in, so I thought that's why she was looking at me, and I was getting ready for her to approach me and call me out on it, and I would have owned up to it. I, I, I think it's a very scummy move. I really do, but, but I'm very curious what I look like in supermarkets because I always walk out of there with some type of material. I pay very close attention to detail. I think, I think supermarkets, supermarkets are just the most the easiest, easiest place to get, to get material from. Like I noticed for Whole Foods people in Whole Foods in particular, when they go to pick out their carton of eggs, they gotta like they open it up and they scan each egg, egg by egg. They cradle it in their hands, all twelve of them to make sure they're not cracked. Now, not to say they don't do this at a Ralph's or something, but I've noticed this in particular for Whole Foods, that they're just obnoxious about it. It's just a different breed of people. 
you know? You just kind of look at these people, walk through whole fields, like, yeah, well, that guy's got his shit together. He's probably driving an Audi SUV, he's about to take his kids to soccer practice, and his wife is cooking up crawfish for dinner tonight. It's Friday, so the Jones family's getting a little spontaneous here. Doing some Whole Foods crawfish tonight. But they just kind of examine the eggs longer than anybody else would to make sure they're not cracked. It's ridiculous. And I always thought eggs should just be kind of luck of the draw. You know, like that, that's, if you want to do that to fruit and examine your plums or whatever it may be, avocados, I think that's fair game. I got no issue with examining the fruit because that could really be hit or miss. Eggs should be a game of roulette. All right, you don't have to examine each egg. You know, I want to walk up to the person and be like, you know what, why don't I just bring you a skillet, like let you make a couple scrambled eggs, try it out and see if you like it. If you don't, we'll just put the whole scrambled egg back in the carton. You know? Or when you got to go to the bathroom, and I even spoke about this on the Instagram, in any public place, especially grocery stores or gas stations now, if you want to go to the bathroom, it's you're always inconveniencing the employees. It's always a huge inconvenience to ask if they have a public restroom. And they give you a key for it. You can never just walk in. They give you a key for it. But the key is always attached to like a big fucking item. So I guess so you don't run away with the key. Like this Whole Foods, they put the clipboard on the key. So while you're going to take your piss, you're just dragging a a clipboard across aisle 11. You know, you always got to make a big deal out of having to go to the bathroom. And it's never just like, oh yeah, down to the right. Like, no, they'll make the announcement like, uh, John, aisle 11, customer in a white shirt, black pants, fucking guy needs to use the bathroom. Can you go get him the clipboard and the key? It's like, why do you got to call me out like that? It's a quick piss and I'm out of there. And you walk in, you got to go through like five different doors, especially in the supermarkets. You're like walking through a freezer, the produce section. You get like a whole backroom tour of whatever it is they do behind the scenes at Whole Foods just to get to the bathroom. One guy's like slicing up salmon fillets like this fucking asshole needed to use the bathroom, huh? It's always a big spectacle. So I always just wonder what I look like in, in, a, in a grocery store because I'm just so observant of this shit. But Bob, I know exactly what you were talking about. That had to go on the Ask Bob segment. Grocery stores, bathrooms, it's never easy. But bottom line is, eggs should be run of the mill. Luck of the draw. You should be playing a game of roulette when you open up a carton of eggs. Don't inspect each one. Alright folks, well that just about wraps it up. This week for the Ask Bob segment. Hope I brought the heat for you this week. Promised you two weeks ago this would take place and I just hope I delivered. We appreciate you joining Hopping aboard, happy to have you. For Big Game Bob, that's Grace Ibrahim behind the glass. We will see you next week. Big announcement, by the way. Thanks to Yamaha, believe it or not, they decided to send me some podcast equipment. I didn't know what any of it meant. Like I told Grace, I said, Grace, Yamaha is actually going to send some stuff. Yamaha does everything, by the way. So when they came to me asking to send the stuff, you know, I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, know what to, I didn't know what they were going to send me. Because they do like, they're making quads, dirt bikes, music equipment, speakers. 
soundboards. Yamaha does everything. But they sent the equipment. I called Grace. And I said, Grace, I I don't know what they sent me. I just know that it's good. Because I got a 30 by 50 mixer right here. So this voice is going to sound angelic for episode 15. If it doesn't, it sure as hell should. But folks, we will see you next week. Thank you, Yamaha. Thank you, Windex. Let's keep this train rolling. We'll go ahead and see you episode 15. Lock it in Tuesday after Tuesday. You take care, fine folks. All right, ready? One, two, three. Dude, 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 dude. Ready? One, two, three, go. I get two drumsticks and a... Oh, sorry, uh, Grace, let me try that again. I get two drumsticks and a... Whoa, whoa, fuck, Grace, let me try that again. (laughs) 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 Alright, Grace, so the mic just fell out. That's really what I want to... Oh, whoops. (laughs) Sorry, Grace. Start that again. Folks, thanks for being us. Let's get this thing sharted. (laughs) Alright, folks. That just does about... Well, <laughs> Grace, start that again. So it just said, Allah. I missed the C. The C was kind of hanging off of my oblique. So it just said, Allah. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait, Grace, I you put this on the blooper reel, but it... Oh, fuck. It, claw without the C wouldn't spell Allah. It would just spell law. So let me start that over. You can add that to the blooper reel. Fuck. Dude. Dude, dude, dude. Hey, Grace, what I'm, I'm going to keep going. What I actually, I, what I'm about to say, I actually want to keep on, uh, on the, on the episode. So don't cut this out. Ready? One, two, three, go. Actually, Grace, you know what? Don't, don't no, no, no. Let's not move on. I've never heard of this. Okay, I'm sorry, Grace. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, some whole wood, whole. Jesus, sorry, Grace. And I just think that eggs should be... God, Grace, I'm killing you. I'm sorry. Um, Let me start that again. And I've always just thought that eggs should kind of be... Wow. Sorry, Grace. I am struggling. One more time. Ready? 